Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. All right, guys, be honest with me. Did anybody listen to today's Kelsey Brothers podcast? I've heard bits and pieces of it. No, I thought they did. I thought they made a, a bit of a mistake because they you know, they'll put out the clips or whatever, and of course everybody wants to hear about Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. Give us some uh, behind the scenes. What did they do? Give us some of the dirt. But no, in the clip, no, no. but in the clip, they basically put in the whole story. Oh no, the whole teaser. It's like, oh yeah, Travis is like, yeah, I did it myself. I put it out there, and you you uh, you you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And uh, you know Taylor and I were just gotta you know, gotta respect our privacy, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm like, so you just, in a minute of a clip, you you gave the whole story. Now, now I don't have to listen. Although the numbers are still gonna be through the roof. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Travis Kelsey selling now 400 percent more of his jerseys will continue to skyrocket. TV ratings. Swifties are gonna tune in every week to see is Taylor Swift at the game. Wow. As someone just pointed out on uh, X. Uh, just in time for the uh, late night shows to return. Oh, that's right. All the writers are back. Uh huh. Oh, so they <laughs> they have uh, they've did. They oh yeah, they've settled that. Yeah. So it's in the process of uh, finalizing some things. But yeah, but aren't they going to jump back onto the picket line for actors now? It's no. Not, yeah, actors are gonna they're gonna come up with a plan. But the writers are back, baby. Okay. They could come back today if they wanted. I believe I was talking with Lindsay about it, Dancing with the Stars. Like, weren't they supposed to have? They were supposed to go like on. Yeah, they were supposed to get started like on that? Monday and had to delay already for that reason, or a couple of Mondays ago. Ooh, they're yeah, hurting. so they're hurting. Come on, come on, come on. What's Carol Baskin's number again? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like that, Rafonso no, no. Ribeiro. He's awesome. Well, he's actually hosting. Yeah, he's hosting now. Oh, yeah. really? I've never watched Dancing with the Stars, but I think Alfonso Ribeiro as a host would be pretty cool. Uh, have you ever seen that show? He's Carl, on, by the way, Carlton on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. You ever seen that show on Game Show Network that he, he does? It's like a oh yeah, Black Catch Twenty One. Dude, yeah. he's yeah. really good on that. Yeah, so good. I yeah. love Game Show Network. Same. During the summers, I it, it is appointment television for me because you get back to back, ten o'clock, old Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Regis. Ooh. Uh, 11 o'clock is Deal or No Deal. 12 o'clock, you get back-to-back episodes of the 70s match games. 
And then I, I've really actually been hooked, and Lindsay and I watch it once in a while. It's called America Says. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. It's a good show. show. Yeah. I love that. And the host, and I can't remember his name. He's been in some, like, some obscure comedies Dude, That guy's in his been day. in a lot of stuff. He's but he's a really good host. He's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he's Isn't he in Wedding Crashers? Is that the movie where he, he does, like, the... Uh, or no, 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 no. He's he's in uh, Best in Show. Yes. And he's in Pitch Perfect. And he's okay. The the movie where Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston are together. Oh, and he yeah, does a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what song he, he does. Like a sing along. If Lindsay could call in right now, she could probably reenact that scene for <laughs> yeah. you because her and her friends did a TikTok of that one time. Oh my god! And it got some views. It got some views. <laughs> Like uh, it's like Troy on the kick drum. Lolita. Troy yeah, on the kick yeah. drum. <laughs> That's a great scene. That guy's really funny, and he is great on that show. It's <laughs> good, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great what a ridiculous thing. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the game. I am your host, Mitch Fortner. Public address announcer, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Troy's oh. right here. Oh, Last name Coverdale. David G. Travion Berklin is back, and guess what? He's got some stories he's going to share with us. I'm going to have I'm going to have him save it. I want him to save it for five ten. He has told me he's got some stories from his last two journeys oh. of music festivals. I'm looking forward to. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to hearing these stories. Is Steve Perry involved at all in your stories? Definitely not. Oh, God. Chris Rock, did you see him again? No celebrities this time. Ah, Save it. It's not as cool as Lollapalooza. Other than one, right? Other than one celebrity you saw perform live? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll get to that. We'll get get to that. Save it for the second hour. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Uh, I also want to go back to some Big 12 predictions. Now that we're at the bye week, we kind of reassess some things and also look at the rest of the K-State's schedule and how should the Wildcats finish the regular season as it's uh, it's the rest of the regular season starts with the bye week, really, with guys healing up and, uh, of course, trying to correct some things. Yeah. Secondary and... Uh, we also got uh, our first Meet the Wildcats of the year. I have not been able to squeeze it in at all. Um so I'm going to squeeze one in today. We're going to look at Big 12 now on ESPN Plus games for Big 12 basketball teams this year as well. But guys, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Troy, oh, do you know what that means? Uh, it means that, once again, you'll be watching wrestling tonight. AEW. Actually, I might be watching Survivor tonight. Whoa. Season <laughs> premiere. Hey, there's a debate on tonight, too. Oh, is there? Yeah. That, that, I'm going to be skipping that's, that. That's the uh, that that's the undercard for AEW. <laughs> <laughs> you get the debate for free. That's right. But come for the wrestling. Ads or the wrestling. Yeah. Uh, AEW Dynamite tonight from First Bank Center in actually Troy's old stumping grounds of Broomfield, Colorado. Not too far from his yeah. old stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. Right uh, just outside of Denver, right? It's actually between Denver and Boulder. Correct. And... Some AEW wrestlers earlier today were actually hanging out. Imagine that. With Deion Sanders. Oh, man. He never misses an op, does he? And I'm like, what if Deion showed up on Dynamite tonight? Oh, God. He would. He would be the guy to do it. The play's going to blow up if he goes. But, of course, AEW also getting set for this Sunday's pay-per-view. It's a brand-new pay-per-view called Wrestle Dream. I got a feeling they're going to kind of turn this into like a WrestleMania thing. It's going to be in Seattle. That's this Sunday. 
But also, guys, we are joined by not Derek Young this week. Oh, God. But it is. They they just hired somebody recently (sighs) that they feel confident about, and he's going to make his K-Man the game debut as a member of K-State Online. It's Mason Voth. Hey, man. Mason Voth, former host of this show, former boss of EMA Online. Uh is now trying to work his way back up at K-State Online. Mason Voth from EMA Online. Mason, you're going to be watching the season premiere of Survivor tonight. Uh, yes, I will be. That, uh, that'll be something that, that we're locked into. And also, I mean, this is kind of the, the Voth family segment to start because uh, while uh, Bud has been either pregnant or now on maternity leave, there's been a lot of game show network watching in yes. our house. Uh-huh. Uh, John Michael Higgins is the host you're there talking about. Ah! He is fantastic, but yeah. the show that I like that he does is Split Second. I think that is a phenomenal game. That's like one of their like you know evening like primetime games that they they'll float out there. Um, and then also, here's the thing: I think I'm down for Alfonso Ribeiro, but Catch Twenty One. Even though I will watch it, he is a little creepy sometimes. <laughs> I feel like with the women on the show, and I don't want to put that on is him because I think oh. he's a good guy, but. It, it something about it just rubs me the wrong way. Uh, whether the way it's the way that he's like very like close and you know feely sometimes with the female contestants, or you know like how directly he's talking to Mickey. Deal the car. Like I just I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'm Game Show Network, Survivor, all of those. Uh, that is a that is the Voth family staple right now. If you think that he's a little creepy towards uh, towards women, how did you feel about Bob Barker at back in the day? Uh, I mean, very, uh, I mean, very much borderline before my time. Ah, I okay. Say, All right. I, I, I mean, what, what year did Drew Carey start doing Price is Right? Because ooh. like mid 2000s, I, I wouldn't have been that old, honestly. Like I remember Bob Barker doing the Price is Right, but more so than anything, That's like question. I, it's amazing how long Drew Carey's done it now. He really, ha- he's had a run, a long run, but if you're going to come at, Carlton like that? You better come with receipts, <laughs> dog. You better. I want to see some video footage, pal. Okay, well, uh, I'll be locked in at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. whenever it's on tomorrow morning. And yeah. I'll be feeding my daughter and like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna pause bottle time. I gotta record the screen. Here's Alfonso getting a little too close with the uh, you know the 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 27 year old contestant. Maybe may why they uh, replaced whatever her name was with Whitney Carson for the for the second go round worth. Whoa. Of Catch 21. R- real quick, Troy, I need you to pump the brakes on Bob Barker. Uh-oh. <laughs> the women wanted to kiss him on the cheek, <laughs> and he really never had any contact with Barker's uh-huh. beauties. Except um, after the show. He got in well, trouble. Well, um, trouble. yeah. Bobby, he got in big trouble there a few years back. Hey, when he went gray... He looked like a silver fox. He was a silver fox. That's right. <laughs> That's when the kissing started uh, oh on the cheek. Oh seven. Oh seven is when Drew Carey filmed his first Price is Right wow. episode. Sixteen. So years I was now. I was nine when Drew Carey started recording Price is Right episodes. Wow. That's forever ago. Oh my God. Mason, what's the update on Elliot? How long are you now in on your uh, tenure of being a father? Uh, I think this is where uh, t- I think today is officially seven weeks. Yeah, I'm getting the head nod over there from Bud. So yeah, we're seven <laughs> weeks into it. Uh, Elliot so gives far, a thumbs so up. Good. Yeah. <laughs> What's been the? Uh, have you been pooped or peed on yet? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the day we brought her home, I ended up with a little bit of poop on me, but I didn't realize it until after I had run out and, like, gone to get his food and everything. Oh. So I came back, and uh, I think I think my mother-in-law was the first one to point out. She's like, what do you have on your shirt? And then it was a couple of splatters of poop. But there's been poop and pee that's taken place. Um, not as bad lately, though, so I've been fortunate with that, and uh, my wife changes a lot of the diapers, not to like, because I'm incompetent and I can't, and I won't. She just, I think when the opportunity is there for her to do it, she would rather do it. Cause she knows that she'll do it right. She tends to think that I don't get it on tight enough or high yeah. enough or whatever. It, it's it's um, called a dad diaper is what it's called. You, it, it never goes away. You never properly do it like the wife oh, That's does. good to know. That it's a dad diaper, man. Don't worry because about it. I, I was sitting there and I just was changing them like early on. And I'm like, you know what? People make a big deal of this. This thing is easy. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not hard to change a diaper. Yeah. And then every time I do change one, I'm reminded just how tough it is for me specifically to change a diaper. <laughs> What hey, is this? Just, what is this diaper at Jinko or something? Yeah. <laughs> hey, just wait till she starts taking them off. That's when you're like, dude, give me a break, man. You know how long that took me? Come on. Well, who gets up? Uh, who gets up more during the night to calm her down or feed her or whatever? Uh, that's a team effort. Now, I mean, she's re- she's really good about this. So, like during the day, it's like every three to four hours we're feeding her. But then at night, we'll let her push it out a little bit more. And she's cool with sleeping at night. So um, on average, I would say she's probably going like five hours in between eating at night. So really, we're only getting up at one point during the middle of the night. We'll feed her late and then feed her again in the middle of the night. Uh, And then that one, I have a tough time staying awake for that one. I don't know why, but that is the time that it just kills me. Like if it's between 2 to like 4 a.m., I'm going to probably fall asleep very quick. And my wife does not take her eyes off of me. She just stares at me and she's waiting for my eyes to even blink. And she's like, are you falling asleep? And I'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, and so, I mean, after I, so I will feed Elliot and then uh, my wife will take her and I'll basically pass out immediately and she'll worry about getting her down again. But then it's a fair trade off because in the mornings, I always wake up with with her, and Bud gets to sleep in quite a bit. Um, I would say that the trade-off is Bud gets more sleep in the mornings than sleep I get in the middle of the night when we uh, when we make our trade. So I think it's more than fair how it works out, and I'm okay with it because it's it's kind of a nice little morning. You wake up, grab her, I change her poorly, I might add, you know, <laughs> as we, we discussed, uh, and then I feed her, and then uh, we have a, a good like hour and a half, two hours most of the time where it's just me and her staring at each other, uh, you know, waiting to see if she's going to do something cool. It's kind of like the scene in The Incredibles where the little kid on the trike is, like, rolling by and he's just stopping there and staring. (laughs) And Mr. Incredible's like, what are you looking at? And you're like, I don't know, something amazing to happen. And that's kind of what I'm waiting on with her is, like, what are you going to do that makes me, you know, have my mind be blown? Trivia question from last night's trivia. Who does the voice for Mr. Incredible? In incredible. Oh, uh, it's Craig T. Nelson. Yep. There, coach. Did, yeah, Coach did not know that. One of my uh, teammates said, "Oh, it's it's Coach. It's the guy from Coach, the Coach." I was like, and then <laughs> shout to T. Jax. He's like, "Oh, Craig T. Ferguson or uh, Craig T. Nelson." And oh, uh, yeah, Craig, did I say Craig T. Ferguson or did no, I say Craig? No, T. you Nelson. said Craig T. Nelson. You, you got okay, it. Okay, all right. 
Craig Ferguson was another answer to he, that yeah, category. He's another, yeah. He's he was another. in a he was in an animated film. Two good Craigs right there. Uh, before we take our first break and d- uh, dive uh, Mason into some K State questions, how do you like working with Derek Young now? Oh, it's a blast. I mean, my life is much easier now. Um, I mean, it's like it's like you know. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example here for for what he did for me. Uh, I would say you know before like Michael Orr had all the bad publicity with the Blind Side and that he was like my Tui family, <laughs> where you know I was like in a situation where it's like I was managing and I was you know getting along, and I was having a fine time. But he came in. He's like, "Let me elevate your lifestyle," and he, he. So that's what's happened. So I'm basically Michael Orr, and he is the Tuies in the movie, not in real life, who might actually be terrible people. So it's it has been awesome and great uh, working with him, mainly because uh, his pitch was like, "Hey, you don't even have to write that much stuff for us. Like you're here just to like more so focus on like the audio and the video and other digital stuff." It's like, hey. Way more interested in doing that than like cranking out a story a day. That is not my forte. Yeah, so, I, I'm, uh, it's a it's a good me- it's a good marriage. I'm not a big writer either, uh, and I'm glad you said that because I was because since you're coming on, I was like trying to find a Mason Voth article that hey maybe we could talk about it. I, I couldn't see any. I, 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 it was all Derek Young and Drew Galloway. I couldn't find any Mason stuff. It was just a bunch of podcast stuff. But hey, get on YouTube and look up K State Online if you want some Mason content. And speaking of Mason content, we're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we dive into K State football, talking Will Howard first four games into the season. What do we think about the next eight? More with Mason Voth when we come back on the game. We are back on the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Travion Berkland writing our board today. We're joined once again via the Zoom. Mason Voth from K-State Online joins us for another segment. Before we dig into football, I know you did a podcast released today or yesterday about... Uh, K-State men's basketball and their conference schedule being released, as in we know. We already knew the teams, but dates, times, TV destinations. Did you have any big takeaways out of that? I think right off the bat, it, it felt like seven of the 18 Big 12 games being on ESPN Plus feels like a lot. But if you go and look at who they're playing in those games, the only one that really seems like it doesn't make sense is the Baylor game. Um, but every other one of those, I'd, I'd go, eh, yeah, that makes sense for an ESPN Plus game. Like, who wants to watch Oklahoma State in Oklahoma play basketball? Probably nobody. BYU, <laughs> who wants to watch it? Probably nobody. So, uh, yeah, it. outside of that, it's fine. And honestly, like, I think the, the pacing and the structure of the schedule works out fairly well for K-State. Um, I mean, it stinks for them that they'll have to go to Morgantown on a weekday, um, and that's the second – Big 12 game of the year, but the one that's most notable, I think, is um, number one, you're going to play KU twice in the final month of the season. That's that's kind of later. Last year, each game was finished before the end of January. This year, they'll both be played February 5th, March 5th, but that first one at home is on a Monday. Then you get that full week of lead-up for the long road trip to Provo, and then you get a full week off until the next Saturday uh, when uh, K-State will end up facing TCU at home, which I think is significant because that's going to be a totally new travel structure and a, a longer road trip. 
now you're going to be able to get a little bit of a breather, some time off. And that's also good because it gives you time to heal up to face what we know is always a very physical TCU team. So I thought it worked out from that standpoint. Um, I really have no issues with it. And uh, maybe the only thing that slightly disappointed me is that K-State isn't getting a game on CBS this year. You would have thought that maybe with how last year went, they would have been able to kind of elevate to a level where um, they would get one of the, the Big 12 games that's designated for CBS. But they don't have a ton of Saturday marquee games. I mean, you look around at what could be a candidate for that. The game at Houston would be possible. And that's that's really it. I mean, that's really the only marquee Saturday game they play, and it's on the road at Houston. Everything else that's a major game is a, is a midweek game, like Big Monday at Texas or the Monday and Tuesday matchups with KU. Not not to give too much away from a, a segment coming up here shortly, but you know I was looking through all the Big Twelve schedules, like team schedules, and counting up all the Big Twelve now on ESPN Plus games that they'll have in conference play. It is definitely based on projected pecking order. There's no doubt about that. No, oh, yeah, um, and also you know Big Brand is a part. I mean, of that and, as well. and that's why last year K State and KU and Allen was played on Big Twelve or on Big Twelve now on ESPN Plus because a bad it was supposed to be a bad K State team going to a building that they never play well in. And so they should have gotten beat by 30 at the start of the season. And so that's why it was designated that way. Um, it wasn't like ESPN was trying to slight that game in any way. It was just unfortunate the way it played out for them. Um, but, yeah, that, that's that's how I view it with all the ESPN Plus stuff. And fortunately this year, really the Baylor game is the only one that you look at and say, ooh, that maybe is too good of a game to be on that network. Let's jump to K-State football. The Cats are 3-1 and one now at uh, their only bye week of the year. After four games, they still have eight to go, eight in a row coming up after this week off. But let's let's talk Will Howard here for just a moment. Through four games, he's thrown for over 1,000 yards. Multiple Big 12 quarterbacks have done that, but he is one of them. Eight touchdowns. He's thrown an interception in each game, but he's also ran in multiple scores. So what do you think about Will Howard so far through four games? Um, it's been, it's been slightly less than what I expected. I mean, there have been some elements of Will Howard that have been right on the money. Um, he's still on pace to break the single season touchdown passes record. I said that would happen before the year, but I also said that he was going to throw more interceptions on a per game basis than he did last year. That has also happened. I mean, he's, he's thrown one a game, uh, as things have progressed at this point right now. And that makes sense. Like, Colin Klein is going to have him put the ball in the air more because of the way the offense is, his trust in Will Howard, and they're going to take some more shots. Now, some of the shots that Will Howard has taken have not been maybe the wisest. I think there's some overconfidence in himself and his receivers. And, you know, he, he missed a couple of touchy balls on Saturday that you would have liked to have hit at least a couple of those. Um, Really, the only terrible throw that I thought that he had on Saturday that was 100% his fault for not having a connection was the one down the left sideline to Garrett Oakley. Garrett Oakley was pretty wide open there. That that ball needed to be hit. But some of the other ones that people have kind of complained about, like the deep ball to Jaden Jackson in the end zone, yeah, maybe. Um, and maybe there are some other ones. But Will Howard is also being asked to make some throws and some plays that are, you know – you would expect to be made if he had bigger receivers out there. But this was a big thing that I, I looked into yesterday because it was a topic of conversation with uh, one of the only things that I write for K-State Online is uh, position grades every Monday after after a game. And 
uh, there was, you know, some good discourse and conversation about the grade that I gave Will Howard versus the grade that I gave to the receivers. And I just said, look, like Will Howard is still doing things that make up for some of his deficiencies, whether it's fair or not, the receivers are not in that position. But also, Will Howard is having to throw to what I would expect to be one of the smaller receiver units in the in the conference. And so I went through and I said, okay, I'm going to look at the top four receivers by yardage on each team in the Big 12 this season. I'm going to look at their height. I'm going to take their average height, and let's see how it goes. And K-State came in dead last. K-State, the average height of their top four receivers is 5'11". Um, and Phillip Brooks is tied with Brennan Presley of Oklahoma State as the shortest receiver in the Big 12 in terms of guys that are legit contributors. And Phillip Brooks is the leading receiver for K-State. So the targets that he is throwing to, the margin for error is much lower because the catch radius that these guys have is smaller. Whereas you look at a guy like Jalen Daniels, Jalen Daniels, when he throws the ball at KU, he throws a lot of the same type of balls that Howard does, takes some of the same chances where you go, eh, screw it, somebody's down there, I'm going to throw it to my guy, see what happens. The difference is the heights of the guys that Jalen Daniels is throwing to, they're the second tallest receiving unit in the conference, and Quentin Skinner is the tallest in the league at 6'5". Then he also has 6'3", Lawrence Arnold. He has a six-foot Luke Grimm and then a 5'11", Trevor Wilson. So he has taller guys, and that is very, very helpful in the grand scheme of things uh, when it comes to downfield passing and, and having your receivers be able to help you make more plays. Right now, to get guys open and to hit them, I think it's going to be a lot more dependent on these guys getting more separation and also on Colin Klein kind of scheming those guys open a little bit more, which they've done a good enough job of in like the shorter passing game. But if you want those big plays down the field, it's going to take a little bit extra. Yeah, Will's aggression has gotten him in trouble a couple of times, but also I thought Chris Kleiman was absolutely right that without Will Howard's aggression, you're not as successful on offense. He has to fire it in there in some tight spots, and he's actually done a really solid job with that accuracy most of the time. And yeah, you're right. The lobs down the field, he has missed those a tick off. He's been a tick off on some of those throws, especially against UCF. That's, those are things you work on during the bye week. And this is a, a very big bye week. And I said earlier in the week that I felt like this is a very good time to have this break because K-State's really been chasing to be healthy. I mean, you're looking at going into week one, Garrett Oakley and Keegan Johnson, they're out. Um, Jake Clifton gets hurt in game number one. And then, of course, later on down the road, you have you know Daniel Green's out for the rest of the year. So K-State is going to be chasing to get healthy, but this is their best shot to get healthy. Next question is about the Oklahoma State game. Keegan Johnson, Jake Clifton, you can even throw the secondary in there. All the above, or do you see one more than the other having the opportunity to be having a more lights-out game and really jumping out and making a big day? Mm, uh, Well, real quick, I want to throw this in here, one final thing on Will Howard. Okay. His QBR is 74.9. That's still good for 32nd in the country, and everybody – around K-State feels like he could be better. But to be 32nd, that's still that's still a pretty good number. Also, the big thing on Howard going into this year was his completion percentage. He's risen his completion percentage by about six points from 59.8 to 65.5 this year. So he has made improvements. It's just those deep balls he's not hitting as much. And what's the difference? Malik Knowles and Cade Warner aren't here anymore, and you're relying on either Phillip Brooks, who's never going to be a downfield target like that, or guys that are new to that role. Now, for what you just asked, I would lean towards Jake Clifton. Um, now, Keegan Johnson is probably, at this point right now, 
closer to having the um, like the full strength health tag on him than what Clifton is. But maybe after a week, it will get to that point. And Jake Clifton has already proven that he can be really good when he has seen the field. He's going to get a bigger role now that Daniel Green is out. And also, like, there's an element of this. Jake Clifton is an Oklahoma kid, so he's going to be back in his home state. I'm sure he'll have a bunch of friends and family there. Um, that's significant, too. I think Jake Clifton's going to be probably a pretty big deal, uh, and everybody's going to to really be locked in on him throughout the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy because this staff is really high on him, obviously. I mean, Chris Kleiman basically has said that, yeah, he's basically the backup linebacker at each position. If a guy went down, he would have gone into that spot. It just so happened that it was Daniel Green, and he'll step in there. So I think Jake Clifton is probably the guy. Now, if you're talking about what's most beneficial for K-State, you're probably hoping that it's Keegan Johnson looking more like the guy that the coaches expected and wanted to have at the start of the season. Who's been your uh, your surprise guy through four games? Who's been the one that's been like, oh, man, that guy's been playing a lot better than what I was expecting? Um, my answer, I know my answer. It's an easy one for me. I would probably... It's tough. I would probably go ahead and say, uh, I'll go Uso Sayamalo. Now, and I say that like we know that there was a ton of positive buzz leading up to the season and everything, but I didn't really believe that he could put it into practice. He has done it, and it's it's been impressive to me how he has played. And honestly, that unit as a whole has been much better as, as than expected. The other guy that I would throw in there is probably Austin Romain because early in the season you noticed him and you're like, oh, okay, you know, that's a true freshman out there getting some some serious time and, and making some plays. And now he's obviously had a step up for Daniel Green and Jake Clifton being out. Um, and so, you know, it's not like he's been a world beater, but he's been pretty good for the situation he's in as a true freshman needing to step up at linebacker. I My – you know, second place would be a tie between Jacob Parrish and Will Lee. Yes, they've you know given up some plays. They've been better than expected so far, especially a couple of games in. I was like, my God, those guys are making some plays early. My number one would be Jaden Jackson. Uh, even though he doesn't have the most receptions, he doesn't have the most yards, kid's been fighting to get open, and especially the slant routes. He was a go-to guy for Will Howard early in a couple of games, and he's had some sure hands. Uh, he's been getting open on a couple of touchdowns, and Will missed him a couple of times on Saturday. I think he's been doing some of the best work of getting open when he's up against you know, corners, guys that are going to cover him one-on-one. I would agree with that. I, I think he's probably he's probably been their best receiver this year um, because, like you said, he it, when the ball comes his way, he is catching it most of the time. Um, honestly, that's why it's a little surprising he didn't haul in the, the ball that was just in front of him that Will missed on on Saturday. But Jaden Jackson is certainly up there. Uh, I just think the impact is greater felt at, at some of the other positions, especially on defense when if you're in the either the defensive line or the linebacking unit, you're having to do a lot right now to make up for the deficiencies in the secondary. All right, so fans are worried again because there were two missed field goals. The extra point in the 27-yarder yeah. that Chris Tennant is in now – calling a mid-season form because two years ago he was having trouble with the short kicks last year in the middle of the year trouble the long kicks kicks and he gets benched are we now back to being concerned that Chris Tennant is in a bad place and is not going to be consistent yes and my concern on that really never left 
Um, it's it's one of those deals where you have to prove it over a pretty good sample size for me to believe that you fixed your problem. I mean, it's like Will Howard last year. He came in and, against TCU, and I was like, okay, well, this is different, but I, I don't buy it. The Oklahoma State game happened, and I was like, all right, this this could be real, but I was still waiting. Every every game, it's like you're waiting for that that shoe to drop. Like it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, and it never did for Will Howard last year. But he had to prove that over the TCU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, West Virginia games. And then at that point, I was like, okay, this dude is the real deal now. Chris Tennant has never had a stretch where you could start to feel like you've eased into, okay, this guy's got it figured out. He's he's locked in. And kicker is such a tricky, tricky, tricky spot. I mean, when you lose it, it's it's gone for the most part. It's honestly kind of wild timing. So last night uh, was the the September episode of Real Sports on HBO, and one of the segments they did was on kickers. And they talked to Roberto Aguayo, who was the great Florida State kicker, got taken in the second round by the Buccaneers, and just immediately lost it when he was in Tampa. They talked to him. They talked to Nate Kading, the former Chargers kicker who fell apart in a 2010 playoff game, was never the same after that. And, the, you know, obviously both of their careers did not end how they wanted them to. Kicking is such a mental thing because it's only you that can control what the outcome is when that, that ball gets kicked off your foot. And just the smallest of things can throw you off. I mean, it is legitimately like a golf swing. And we, we've seen it with golfers that lose it. I mean, David Duvall was one of the best golfers in the world. And then it was gone just like that, and you didn't have to worry about David Duvall doing anything on a golf course once that happened. And I you know, I, I don't want to put it on Chris Tennant like this, but he's got to get it fixed in a hurry. Or the next time that there's a string of misses, Chris Kleiman and this staff have to pull the plug and say, it's not going to happen, and you have to be ready to move on to whoever's next. The only problem is... If you move on to who's next, it's either going to be a redshirt freshman in Leighton Simmering or some true freshman that this is a big old stage. This is not having Ty Zentner, who's been punting for you for a long time, doing kickoffs, been waiting in the wings, has the experience, is ready to go. NFL talent, obviously. Totally different deal. But if Chris Tennant doesn't get this figured out fixed, uh, figure it out fast. They're going to have to get this thing taken care of because it's going to be a legitimate problem. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind uh, offering a kicker or two once in a while. Um, that uh, especially like a Nico Gramatica, uh, as uh, Martina and I had that conversation a couple of weeks ago. But uh, as his staff does not offer uh, scholarships to kickers, they got to earn them down the road. But uh, Mason, to wrap up, there are eight games left in the Big Twelve schedule. You know, I remember voting K State second or first place, but they ended up second in the preseason poll. Out of the eight games left, what should K State finish at least? Uh, I mean, if you look at it right now, are you talking overall record or Big 12 record? Either way, I mean, this is a this is a bad league this year. Oklahoma State sucks. Texas Tech, worse than we thought. TCU, probably manageable at home. Houston, terrible. You're going to lose at Texas. Baylor, not good. At KU, that's going to be a tricky one. That'll be a fired-up crowd. You should still win it, though. You're still the better team. You need to take care of business there. And then the home game against Iowa State, they also suck. This team should be 8-1 and one when all is said and done with Big 12 play. And if they're not there, it is not because of what their opponent did to them. It's because of what they did to themselves. Yep, I agree. The, the conference schedule, as we've gone through the first four weeks, has become softer. 
It absolutely has. Mason, really want to appreciate I really appreciate you for your time. Thank you for coming on and we'll uh be talking to you down the road. Thanks, man. Yep, no problem. Mason Voth from K State Online now working for Derek Young. So I gave DY the week off. Had to bring back Mason. We used to have him on every couple of weeks, but now that he's te- tag teaming with Derek Young, got to give him his spot once in a while. Again, big thank you to Mason Vote for his time. We'll take a break, and when we come back, finishing up hour number one, again, again try to squeeze in, meet the Wildcats with Will Lee. But I got a DM after we talked about yesterday, got just some takeaways from K-State's conference schedule, and I brought up that there are seven of the 18 games in conference play will be on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. I got a DM saying that that's a bunch of BS. And I'm like... Okay, I hear you. But where does that rank with everybody else in the Big 12? Is that a small number? Is that a big number? That's coming up next. Seven of K-State basketball's 18 Big 12 conference games will be played on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Honk your horn if that bothers you. Does it bother you that... Seven of the 18 games will be online only. Well, I'll give you this breakdown as well. Eight, or I'm sorry, four of the seven are home games. So you're just looking at three of them on the road where most people would be okay. watching instead of traveling or sure. going to the game. Sure. So, you know, maybe not the worst number in the world. But it, it got me real curious because I, I, I saw a few, not a ton, but a few people. They were like, seven, that's ridiculous. We're a good team. We should get more linear coverage you know i hear you um it it was pretty clear to me and i don't have any evidence to back this up other than just looking at the roster or looking at the schedules and seeing you know how many like a ucf ucf is going to be playing 15 of their 18 conference games on espn plus yeah yeah god ucf will probably be picked to finish last oh in the Big 12 this year. Oh, yeah. They're not supposed to be good. It's going to be a while. If they're good, it's going to be a while. I would be shocked if they're good in the next couple of years. Taco Fall ain't walking through no. that door, man. No. And uh, <laughs> if he is, we're going to have to probably take the whole door out because he's not going to fit through it. <laughs> and he wouldn't be good anyway. We got short doors here at the yeah, station. Yeah, we got little doors. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah. barely fit through them. <laughs> um, UCF by far plays the most. BYU is going to play 13 Cincinnati's going to play 12. Wow. Oklahoma is going to play 11, and, and Porter Mosier is not going to have a good team this year, most likely. Mike good. Boynton. Oh. Oh, boy. Mike Boynton, it seems like he should have a good team every year and then doesn't live up to expectations. Oklahoma State's going to have to play 11 games on Big 12 Ooh. now on ESPN Plus this upcoming season. Uh, double digits as well for West Virginia. Mm, yeah, and, which uh, makes sense too, makes given sense. yeah the upheaval there. Josh Eilert's the new head coach uh, with no more Bob Huggins. He played himself out of the out of the job, and uh, they did keep their heavy hitters in the transfer portal and did a good job in the transfer portal. But again, there's a coaching change. You don't know what's going to happen. It, it, it does truly feel like, in a way, like if you look at how many games each team is going to play on Big Twelve now on ESPN Plus. It's almost like a preseason Big 12 standing right? in a way because the bigger brands, the better teams from last year, more of the stacked rosters that are projecting you know, heading into the year, they're going to play less games. Texas is only going to play two. Wow. Only two games on ESPN+. Plus. 
Uh, I do think they do have a Longhorn Network game, but it's a lot of ESPN. Uh, They're going to be put on ESPN. They're supposed to be good. Uh, probably top 10 preseason rank, I would think, with Texas. Um, Kansas and uh, and Houston are each going to play four, and they're going to have, you know, potentially preseason top 10, top 15 rankings. Baylor is going to play four on ESPN+. Plus. This was a weird one to me. Now, Iowa State's going to play six. I can't remember where Iowa State finished last year. I want to say, like middle of the middle of the, middle of the pecking order, middle yeah. of the pack. They kind fifth of fifth or sixth, maybe. Yeah, and they faded late. Part of it was losing uh, kid from uh, and no, oh Caleb uh, Grill. Yeah, thank you. Oh, that's right. He. That's right. That's right. K State's playing seven. I mean, compared to Iowa State, and Iowa State playing one less is it? You know, it's a little bit irritating. But, I mean, to me, it's like the Big 12 thinks K-State's not going to be a top dog in the conference this year. I know. Just wait. Whoever puts this scheduling together. And, and, you know, K-State was handed a schedule where I I do love, you know, who they're going to be playing at home only, away only. But they're playing – they're going to be playing on all the tough places to play in the conference. Can't say that for everybody else. Uh KU's going to have the toughest schedule potentially. But – they're still only going to be playing four online. They, they've been given a schedule where they're going to be having a lot of marquee games. K-State is going to have a lot of marquee games as well, just not going to be featured, all of them, on linear television. And you have to remember, with now 14 teams, those opportunities to be on linear television become fewer. That's true. Because you're still locked into the same number of TV slots that you've been. Right. You just boosted your membership by. And there's no ESPN News anymore, you know, right? Right. Or ESPN yeah. U anymore. But yes. there's, there's, there's still some games that are they're going to be played on those channels. Right. Okay. okay and and okay. some are still like, it could be ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN U. That'll be determined yeah. at News, a later time. News is not utilized for Big 12 at all. Ugh. Come on. Yeah. But that's that's why that's why Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston left the Americans. So they don't have to play on ESPN News anymore. <laughs> right, pretty yeah, they, much. They show up here. They're like, "Hey, ESPN News, <laughs> and, <laughs> great." And and as someone who has been in a conference where you don't get TV dates, period. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the the fact that you've got a good streaming backbone like ESPN Plus, you take advantage of that for sure. I mean, and with you know the top teams in the conference that are going to play less games on ESPN Plus, I mean, they're going to draw more eyeballs. Uh, they're the popular picks in the conference, in the best conference in college basketball. You know, to me, in a way, this does make a lot of sense. But case it also projected to be maybe middle of the pack or just barely above the middle of the pack. We're better than that. Your own games. conference. Your own conference. And I mean, if you look at K State's schedule, look at K State women's basketball schedule. The way they've been. Set with their schedule, might be the toughest in the conference. Uh-oh. Good team coming our way for women's basketball this year. Hour two next in Soldier Local News.